Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. Today, I'm with Bright Shomwane. He is the managing director of Isimangaliso Group, a branding, media, and marketing communications company based in South Africa. And he is also the SG at Youth in Business South Africa. Bright, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for hosting me and thank you very much for the invite. Uh, as mentioned, uh, I'm young, so I, I believe whatever we talk about will relate to the young people of South Africa. Indeed, indeed. They are the future of the country and the future of the world, really. Uh, so we'll mostly be focusing on um, what the future will be looking like. But before we get into that, people would really love to know who Bright Longwani is. Bright Longwani is a young guy uh, from Umlazi, uh, born and bred in Umlazi in Devon. Uh, I am currently 24 years of age. Uh, I am an entrepreneur, public speaker, uh, soon-to-be author, uh, and most of all, I'm a youth activist. I believe uh, in the rights uh, of young people that they, do, that they need to be heard. Uh, that's great. Umlazi, that's in Durban, right? Yes, it is in Durban. How was it like growing up there? Well, uh, Umlazi is a township like any other township. So growing up in a township, you, are, you get used to many, many things, especially as a boy child. So you get used to, 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 to making up with females, uh, trying to, to become Nyabo. There's this style, Kasa uh, style, whereby uh, you try to, to, to hang out with gangs, try to do all these sorts of things in life. But that stage never came to me because I was a person who was always at home, reading, uh, I was a grandmother's pet, so I lived with my grandmother a lot. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm sure there were many lessons that your grandma gave you that um, um, eventually contributed to the menu you became. Yes, yes. The elderly people, uh, from my experience with my grandmother, I learned that you, I, I need to be with or in the midst of elderly people a lot because there's so much wisdom that they need to impart on us. So, my, for instance, my grandmother told me independence at a very young age, uh, to a point that at that time, 10 rands was, was like 100 rands, not today, when, whereas 10 rands is, is equivalent to 1 rand. So whenever she came home with the pension money, she would give me 10 rand and said, it's for the whole week. And I was like, but a week? 10 rand, I have to go to school, buy some things, and... Like you have to improvise because if you don't improvise, you won't know how to manage money. So that's where I got the skill of managing money and ensuring that my financial management skills are intact. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think from I can see from that from that time she was already giving you life valuable lessons. Now, what would you say from uh, I think from your childhood contributed to you desiring to start your own business? I have one typical example. So I think people know the uh, it, it plays on SABC2. So at that time, uh, there was still Abu Tandaza, 
uh, about dupes and what not. So I, I got used to the love of, of loving Mkobo Milling. It was called Mkobo Milling at the time. Right. So whenever I came back from school, I'd go outside, take some two, two paint cans, take a lid and put it on top and create myself like a Mr. Office, like I have an office. From, from, from there, I think that's where I, I began loving the office space. Because that's how I, I, I got used to, 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 to having an office. Because that's where I, I tried to, to dream of having an office space and eventually trying to implement it. Oh, very interesting. It's amazing how things that we um, do from our childhood tend to spill into you know, the rest of our lives as yeah, we they, go. They do have a lot of impact because I think that was an indication. And mom told me uh, a year ago that... I saw there that you, along the way or along in your lifespan, you will have an office of your own. Oh, that's impressive. Would you say your family was a very supportive family? Like um, when you started out and said, okay, I think I'm going to start my own business. Uh, they, they were at, at times, but they're a typical um, black family. So they, 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 I, I call them the Thomases. You see, you do know Thomas from the Bible, right? Yeah. Who believe in So they, 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 they want to see something first before believing in it. So uh, from them, initially when I came to them and told them that I'm starting a business, they thought that the business was something equivalent to transmit. So that that gave me a pr- pressure because I, they don't know that a business has to start small eventually grow to being at the level of, of, of transness. So I had to convince them that, no, as I have started a business, you need to support me. You need to be there by my side. You need to be the very first cheerleaders I have because I can't go out and convince the public to say, come, let's start business. If you yourselves in my own territory don't believe in me. That's, so they were convinced. Yeah. So I, 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 I can say, safely say that I managed to, 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 to convince a predominantly black family, which believes that the only way is the employment way. Mm. That's impressive. And I think it's something that uh, from time to time, we all have to go through, uh, especially on the African continent. Now, what got you to say, okay, this is the particular business that I'm going to choose? As, um, or what really led you into the industry that you finally got into? Uh, because I started my business at a tender age, I had no skill, I had no experience. I then thought, what could I possibly do that resonated me at, my, at, at, at the current uh, space I'm in. So I thought mm-hmm. of media, uh, because Ismail started as a photography company. So initially, it was a photography company, going out to events, weddings, conferences, taking photos, then pay, those people would pay us for that. Then eventually, we became a fully-fledged marketing agency. From there, we then developed that, no, uh, our business model will need to, to, to change into becoming a fully-fledged marketing agency because we now know the media space coming from a photographer point of view. Then I went to school, I studied, I then became well-versed in other skills and expertise. We are now venturing into other industries because we don't want to do something that would, be, that would have an impact or a, a bad in, a effect along the way. All right. So... Once you, once, once you got started and um, you have decided which industry that you wanted to get into, how easy was it to find other people that were willing to join you and say, okay, this is the vision you have and they'll be willing to join you to take that vision forward? Was that an easy thing? Yes, it was because I, I only have one business partner. It's my All right. Very, very, very hard. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I it. Not easy to convince uh, 
very hard-headed. So whenever we have to take decisions, that's why I said to him, no, these days you need to at least get to and introduce other people so that you can be at least five. So that when it comes to voting, we don't have an issue of two people. So if it's not my way, it's his way. So we need that uh, equilibrium so that whenever there are decisions that need consensus, we won't have an issue. So at the moment, I'm kind of, I can simply say I'm happy uh, being in partnership with Mulek because I've learned a lot from him. Uh, and he's also very, very, very instrumental in the, in the core of the business. And he's, he's a hardworking individual. So working with someone who's, who shares the same vision, who has the same spirit, makes the job easier. Okay. Now, let's say um, once, once you started your business, right? Let's, um, let's go back to that moment. Once you started your business, what would you say were the challenges perhaps that you faced in the beginning that um, you either found solutions for or how did you solve those challenges? I think the biggest challenge faced by uh, entrepreneurs, especially in the startup phase, is access to market, which eventually leads to access to funding. Without the right funding, without the right skills, without the right knowledge, without the right resources, it's very hard to have a business because all those things make up a fully-fledged business. So without those three things, it's, it becomes very hard for us to, to start business. For instance, myself, we used our own monies to start the Simangalis. So we banked on a huge risk because the others took tuition money, others borrowed money from their parents. So you understand the dilemma and the, and, 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 and the crisis we put ourselves in because, for instance, the tuition money, if it happens that mama asks, why are you not studying? And you'd say, I took the tuition money and started a business. What business? How, what, what do you know about business? How are you sure that that business would be a success? So we, we took a, a huge risk by taking our own money to start business. That's, that comes at a good, uh, that is good, by the way, because you, you, you invest more business, you invest more energy in the business because you have something to lose. Unlike if you have given, like, like let's, let's take, for instance, people who, come, who are coming from rich families, and let's say my father is a millionaire and says, son, here's 500,000, start a business. That's not something I, 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 I sweat about because it's, I know if this 500 uh, gets depleted, I go to debt, debt I, I made a mistake and finally give my another 500,000. So if you, if you have something to lose, it makes the job much more easy. Um, if we can get a bit into um, what you do, right? Like from, let's say, let's start with Ismangali. So, so what exactly does the business do? You mentioned branding. You mentioned um, um, you went full-fledged into, into, into becoming a marketing company. So what exactly do you do for your clients? So at the moment, we are, as, as it's a group of companies, we have a media and marketing company, we have a logistics company, we have an energy company, and we have an investments company. All these four companies uh, deal with various types of products. For instance, immediate marketing is a marketing agency. So we offer clients comprehensive marketing at the, uh, or alongside their budgets. So we come into your company, should you need marketing or you need a, a, to develop a marketing strategy, we assist you implemented strategy from, from concept to, 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 to implementation. Then at the logistics, we, we are currently uh, embarking on a, a joint venture in Pumalanga for the transportation of coal. We are, we are still new in that line of business. In energy, we are developing two renewable solar parks, one in Northern Cape, one in Durban. And for the investments, we are trying to, to, to create a, a pool of funds whereby we'll be able to invest in other 
business because we don't want ours to grow. We want to, to, to also simultaneously grow other people's businesses. All right. Oh, that's that's great. It's quite quite a diverse portfolio you're creating there. Um, now you are within the age that um, I think, if we're to take UN statistics, it's still considered youth, right? In Africa, of course, it's a different story. Uh, by the time you get to eighteen, so in daughter, I'm just one head, you know. And um, you're still within that uh, that age, having turned twenty four, I believe, right? Yes. Right. So that's within youth. What would you say is the contribution perhaps of the work you're doing now, either with uh, Ismangaliso or at Yipsa? What would you say is the work that you're doing now that will help the youth either of South Africa or of the continent generally have a better world than we're living in today? Uh, I, I found the Yipsa based on that or on the feeling that I, I, I feel that I need to do something other young people because Ismangaliso is a private entity, so it, I can't employ them. I can I can't employ all of them. I can't invest in all in their businesses. So I then saw that there is a need to create a body that would assist other young bright young owners because there are a million other bright young owners who, who are trying to start businesses who, who have failed in business who don't know what the the next step is in business. So in 2015, I said no. That time, the unemployment rate was at 27%, if I'm not mistaken. And I said to them, hey, it's too much. And out of the 27%, 50% of the 27% is youth, meaning it's people below the age of 35. So I then saw the need that we need to create more job makers and less job seekers as a country, because that will then shape the economic trajectory of a country. Because if a country has more job seekers and less job makers, then we'll have a huge unemployment crisis. Whereas if we have more job makers and less job seekers, we would have a slightly less unemployment crisis. Then that's how YIPSA was born. The, the mantra or the, the mission and objective of the Indian Business of South Africa is to create more job makers and less job seekers. We are trying to ensure that entrepreneurship is created as a culture or is made a culture so that people are accustomed with the issue or with, with the fact that jobs are not there. So we need to empower and develop those who are trying to create jobs. All right. What do you think got us to this point? Because um, entrepreneurship as a concept is not a new thing. But with it around, we still got to this point. What do you think got us here? Uh, first and foremost, it's lack of courage. Most black people are very, very fearful. First of all, they are fearful of whites. First of all, they are fearful of taking risks. Thirdly, they are very fearful of venturing into something new. They don't want change. They don't, they, they don't, they don't like testing new things. So those three things, lack of courage, lack of ability to take risks, lack of being resourceful, those are the three things that, is, that, are, that have got us here. Out of the 65%, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, of the youth who is unemployed, I'm sure 20% can become entrepreneurs. And when they become entrepreneurs, they can absorb the other 20% into employment, then we'd, we'd have at least up to 15% unemployment. 65% is a huge number. So we, we, we can't say uh, because there's the, the, the environment, yes, the environment is not conducive, but we need to make an environment conducive. For instance, yes, we have an issue with government red tape, we have an issue with bureaucracy, we have, we have enormous amounts of issues. But if we tend to dwell more on issues or challenges, 
We want to see the opportunities because a business is made out of an existing challenge. You identify a challenge, then you try and develop a solution to the challenge, then put a fee. That's how a business is. For instance, uh, those who are now providing internet service or the, the, the online virtual meetings platforms, they saw that the, the, the world now, uh, we live in a globalization era. So people, for instance, there's a person in America who wants to meet a person in South Africa. So there needs to be a platform where they can meet and see each other without seeing the distance between them. So that's, they identify the challenge of people not being able to meet, then they develop a solution and they are putting a price for it and they're making millions out of it. Indeed. So you would say at this moment, Africa needs more courage to venture into new fields, venture into new ways of entrepreneurship, new types of businesses. That's essentially what you'd be saying. We, we need courage. Yeah. We need to think resourcefully. And most of all, we need to take risks. Don't be scared to take risks. All you need to, show, need to be sure of is that you, need, you take a calculated risk. Because once you take a, a risk that is not calculated, you, you tend to lose a lot. So I don't, I'm, I'm not saying people must go out and say, I want to take risks. No. Take a calculated risk and see if this risk, if I take this risk, they are going to yield results. May it be not in two years' time, five years' time, but eventually it will pay off in the end. For instance, we build companies. My company is over three years old and it's making less pro progress. But I'm very much sure in the next five years it will be in, some, it will be in another, another level. So another issue, another challenge we have, we want instant gratification. It's very hard for, for black people to start something that is going to take years to, to manifest. They want something that is going to give them money now. They want a Bugatti now. They want a Lamborghini now. <laughs> right. So if that's is not going to give you anything or instant money. They say, no, I'm, I'm, I thank you. I won't, I, won't take, I won't take my time and waste my time there. Right. Uh, do you think perhaps at this moment, because I think in, in, in most cases, most African countries that got their independence and all of a sudden their governments had to start putting structures in place to accommodate business, they've not really reached that part. All they did was actually just inherit what was already there and that was not designed for, for the African continent. And most of it really, um, in my opinion, most of it really, it's systems that are incompatible with um, um, Africa generally from a cultural point, from even a business point, because we do business different on the continent. Uh, we, you know, most of the things that we do on the continent they are mostly based on who we are as African people. So would you, do you think that it, there could be something that perhaps governments could do that can, to some extent, sort of turn the marketplace to be perfectly suited for Africa? I think the first problem was that during the industrialization phase, we were just laborers. So as laborers, we didn't design industrial phase. We didn't design the first industrial revolution, the second and the third. So we don't know how to make use of these things. They were created by people who now left and they, we don't know how to use them anymore. So it's, it now rests on us to, 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 to try and find ways to ensure that these things now work for us. If they don't, we create ours. That's why we always called for an Afrocentric indigenous knowledge system. Because that will guide and, uh, and put us into place that this is how things are done in Africa. 
this is how Africa was designed before the settlers, before the colonists came in. So as much as they've infiltrated Africa, but we have to now try and find ways to maneuver around what they've done and create an Afrocentric way in what they've created in their Eurocentric way. Could you say perhaps it's something we have to do ourselves or it's high time we started uh, making collaborations generally on the continent to make sure that we push the continent to perhaps a, a future that is mostly for African or Afrocentric as you said it, you know? Um, is it something that we as the youth currently, and when, I, when I'm referring to youth, I'm going to uh, skip a bit the, 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 the version that the United Nations uses, which is uh, 15 to 35, I'm going to use 15 to 45. Do you yeah, think- Yeah, in Africa, it's 15 to 45. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, so I think there is a possible way. It's just that, uh, oh, on Sunday we had in the hotline at, at the Within Business South Africa, and our keynote mm. speaker spoke very, very much firmly on collaboration rather than competition. Mm-hmm. So all we need to do is to collaborate. Once we collaborate, we bring in a various types of ideas from various types of people coming from various backgrounds. So when we combine those ideas without competing, because the other, the other issue we face is that when you have a PhD and I have a master's, you tend to think no. you are more knowledgeable than I, which then bring, brings a bridge between you and I, because if I say something, you're going to say, no, you are my subordinate, so <laughs> you can't tell anything. Another issue was the issue of the class struggle, uh, or what they, they, they call in political terms, class antagonism. People in the higher class never listen to people in the lower class. For instance, you drive a Ferrari, I take a taxi to work. And when I say to you, let's do this this way, you say, I cannot be told by someone who uses a taxi to go to work. That, that gap between the, class, the classes mm-hmm. is also something we need to, to try and, 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 and bridge because those two classes, as much as the other one lives in Sentinel and the other one lives in Alexander, they both have a common, a common thing, which is common sense. They are, they, they are both, they both able to think, they both able to comprehend, and they are both able to come up with ideas. So we need to push this gap and say, okay, you may stay in Sentin, you may live in, in Bryanston, I may live in, in Alexander, I may live in Tembisa, but let's sit down and leave aside the issue of our classes and discuss issues that affect the both of us. Hmm. So that is another crisis in Africa. Right. Just, I'm not going to even start the, the religion, the religion, because it's, it's too it's too broad. <laughs> Once you speak about the, the, the religion, we may even end up uh, taking the show for over hour, over five hours, because religion these days is commodified, and be it as commodified, they are using it to segregate segregate us even further, because a Christian cannot be told by Islam, and an Islam cannot be told by an, uh, what you call a traditional healer. So that, there's a lot of confusion, and not a confusion necessarily, but there's a lot of rift or drifting no, no, no. apart between all those peoples. Yeah, we really have our work well cut out, don't we? And, and we, have, we have a lot of work to do. And that. Now, focusing still on youth, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, Yipsa's main um, uh, vision or main mission actually is to see in South Africa fewer job seekers and more job creators. 
right? And you you mentioned that the the solution to that would be youth entrepreneurship. Yes. What type of strategy do you think would work to implement an overall um, introduction to entrepreneurship for perhaps youth, not only in South Africa, but generally on the continent? Uh, I, I think the, the, the feasible strategy at the moment is a robust engagement between these two people, the youth, the government, and the, the funders. Because governments create the, the environment, the youth come up with the businesses, the funders give youth access to resources. So if these people, these three entities meet and say, governments, we have businesses, please make the environment conducive for us to start and sustain those businesses. Funders, we have business models. Government has created an environment for us to operate those businesses. Give us funds to start those businesses so that we sell our products and services. But now there's an issue because there's a there's a lack of communication between these two, three, three individuals or three entities because government is not taking young people seriously. The banks and the other funders don't take government seriously because the environment is not conducive. So it's, it's, a, it's a blame shifting game. The government blames the business, the business blames government, youth blame government and business. So once we, we sit down and find common goal and say, no, we have this issue here, let's try and find ways to move forward. Then I'm very much sure South Africa and, Af and the African continent will move forward because these three entities have sat down and settled their differences. Sure, true on that. And you know, indeed, we really, um, we really need to get to that point where we, where we can talk to each other, you know, and um, get to understand what the continent or what our countries need um, so that we can move forward, especially youth entrepreneurship. It's something that is very very dear to my heart, considering that we are on the most youthful continent in the world. And it's expected that perhaps by around 20, I think it's 2050, the statistic is looking at, that we will, we'll have a quarter of the world's youth on this continent, right? What do you think could be implemented right now to prepare for that um, surge in, in, in um, youth population? What do you think we need to do right now, either as, entrepreneurship, as entrepreneurs or um, as governments across the continent or any invo uh, involved stakeholders, what do you think we could do now to make sure that um, we take advantage or we leverage the youthfulness of the continent? I'm going to be very controversial on this one. First and foremost, the over 60s must go to children and start living the, 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 the sad part is that they, they never imparted the knowledge and, their, and the skills that they have on us. So that's why they are very scared to, 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 to leave office. And another thing, if they leave office, they are scared that we won't take care of them because they have contract existing agreements with others so that when they think, they think that when they leave office, all of that will vanish. So we did over 60s to say, okay, guys, we are now nearing death because they are nearing death. They are on the they are on the door of death. So how about we train you? How about we give you the skills, the knowledge we have, and the experience we've had running governments and impart it to you, so that when you eventually take over the patent and continue with the struggle, you are well versed with the knowledge, you are well versed with the skills, and everything that we have accumulated so far. They are not doing that. Other than that, they are taking their children, their nieces, their nephews 
giving them tenders, giving them works, and they mess up. So that's another issue. The over 60s need to decide. It's either they impart the knowledge or they just vacate. Secondly, us as young people, because we are, we are sitting idle and waiting for a Messiah to come and save us. No one is going to come and save us. We have to stand up now on our own and say, enough is enough. It can't be that in Africa, out of all the gov government in Africa, there is not even one under 35 president. All presidents are either 60 to 70 or others are eight. Don't you have the skills and knowledge to, to run countries? Then we don't need and to, 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 to obviously frustrate them so much. Let's do our thing on our side and, and let them see that we are going to run this or run this, uh, this continent with or without you. Because if we stand on the door and say, open for us, this open, they won't. It's either we break the door and get inside or we just say, no, we are going to build another house next to yours. That's the only, only feasible strategy at the moment. It's just that again, in Africa, we have an issue of the guns. Once you become too vocal, uh, you tend to become a threat uh, to many. Uh, in political terms, they say neutralized threat. So we have an issue of other Africans wanting to kill other Africans. So it's a, it's a mess. It's a psychological mess. It's an emotional mess. It's a financial mess. So to deal with all of this, we need us to be on our sober minds. As Chris Hani and others have said before, that we need to start and, and, and evaluate how we can develop Africa ourselves. No one is going to develop Africa except ourselves. Have you heard about the Extra Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network. Connect. Share. Grow. Uh, the responsibility really falls on us to to develop the continent and and to fix all the problems really that um, um, most of our leadership have created um, since independence, so to speak. Yeah. You know. Otherwise, we are going to inherit a doomed Africa, as as we are, as we are currently seeing in, in South Africa. It, it is inevitable that we are going to inherit a very, very doomed South Africa, filled with high corrupt people, uh, a weak justice system. Uh, high mortality rate and, and everything is going to be messed up and it will rest upon us because as ourselves we are going to have an issue because we are, no, we are no longer going to be preparing for ourselves we are going to be old at the time so it will be our children and, they, and, and their children who are going to suffer the most mm, very true now do you think there is um, um, something in particular that could be done um, let's say maybe for South Africa let's start there do you think there's something that could be done either by government or uh, stakeholders just to get South Africa to a track where it's actually going to be a prosperous nation instead of a... Because right now I think we're becoming a welfare state, if you've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> when the president was... A... Sorry, you wanted to say? We depend more on grants. Very true, very true. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When the president was talking about, you know, lifting lockdown, actually when he was just making his uh, addresses about lockdown, most of the things he was talking about is how much is being given to people, you know. And I thought to myself, yes, whilst that could help, right, it will help them today and then they need more tomorrow. They are not being improved. They're just being sustained they within a space. They won't go. They won't go. They'll just wait there and wait for the, the, another part food parcel, another grant, another exactly, end yeah. out. 
So government has created as a, a culture of entitlement right. and a culture of dependence. We are dependent on government. Are, for instance, even at home, I'm dependent on my mother and on my father. Their primary responsibility was to grow me, not make me a man. I'm supposed to make myself a man. And when I eventually became a man and I have my own, my own family, it's my responsibility to ensure that my family lives. Mm-hmm. I cannot go back to my father and say, hey, but dad, uh, I don't have money to buy food. My... No, it's not me. His house has food. Oh, fucking do. <laughs> so this culture of dependence and entitlement is going to kill us. Because young people, as you've seen, in almost strikes and pickets, they are going to government. Government, give us this. Government, give us this. No one is saying government, I, I have this, I want to get this, help me this way. Hmm. Why? Because hey, it's, it's hard. On an interview I had uh, on, on the 6th of June, I discussed a very sensitive issue, which is the financial services industry. Right. I told uh, the, the interviewer that our enemy is no longer in the, in, in the union buildings. And, and it, the, the, in 1976, and in, uh, before 1994, they were marching to union buildings because right. their enemy was the oppressive government. We have we elected government most. How is it our enemy? Because we are the ones who chose. So we have to see that our enemy is no longer in the union buildings. It's sitting in the high offices in Sentin, white monopoly capital. It's in Stalin Porsche. Those are the people who are, we are supposed to be challenging and say, no, no, guys, give us a share of the economy. Indeed. We should, Indeed. Mm. We should set those, what you call, those wine farms alight. So guys, <laughs> share in the economy. <laughs> Right. Not, we, are, we are not playing right. because Indeed, yeah. the government is elected by us it can't be our enemy you can't elect your enemy Indeed. so we have to mm-hmm. see that no this government is not the enemy because on its own also it's in the pockets of the white monopoly capital Indeed. Mm. Oh, that's really fascinating I was really trying not to be controversial on this one today but since the floor is open yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a world whereby everything uh, is interlinked. For instance, uh, everything is run by the, the, the people or the, the, the cabal that lives in, 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 in Stellenbosch. Yeah. So whenever you talk about these things, you, there's no other way other than to mention them and say, no, we know you. We, we know that you know that we know. They know that they, they, they are very well aware that Africans are now beginning to see. Which, no, something is happening here. Why is that there are only four banks, in, five banks in South Africa, but there's no own bank? Why is there five big insurance companies, but there's no black owned insurance company? What? Why is that happening? Why are we giving our money to the people whose fathers and grandfathers oppressed us? That's that's very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was a, a week or two ago. Um, we're talking about um, U.S. policy um, towards Africa and um, the fact that the, the 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 U.S. president has not visited the continent, and just for some, it was a, a concerning thing, right? Um, and also the, 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 just the hanging cloud that um, Africa may no longer be a priority to, to the United States. And they were really concerned about it. 
talking about the amount of jobs that would be lost and the amount of businesses that would go bankrupt without American aid and all that. And I thought to myself, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, they're, they're staying away. <laughs> you know? In one sentence, a stable America is a huge threat for Africa. I, for one, liked Donald Trump because of his instability. Right. He was not paying attention to the continent. He was minding his own business. He was fighting right. with the Mexicans, leaving mm-hmm. us and giving us space to breathe. Indeed. Indeed. If America is stable, it's, it will suffocate Africa. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. saying this is very controversial because I'm a frequent visitor to the state. So I, I stand to be now part from entering the state. But <laughs> is a threat to Africa because mm. they will now, see, for instance, they are fueling the wars. They are fu- they, they, there's a lot happening. And Indeed. In, in Trump in office, well, he was fighting China. He was not paying attention he was to not China. Indeed, yeah. China and, and Mexico. So that gave us time to breathe. Then a, a friend or a comrade from South Africa went on and said, Africa loves him. <laughs> oh, but I, I agree because we love we I we loved him. Shame. We, we, I still love him because right. he was not paying attention to Africa. Right. Let Africa in his own business, and he, he focused on other matters. Right. But let's hope to, he's going to 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 also give us space to breathe. Indeed, I really I really hope he will because. Um, I can tell of markets that became open because America was no longer providing or uh, was no longer covering that gap and markets opened up in textile, markets opened up in mining and all of those things. Exactly. You know, and even, even when he tried to, to, to bring in, um, what was the name of his prosper Africa, that project, it didn't get fit because Africa was focused on, Exactly, you know, and we need that internal growth, you know, which is why I applaud the work that yeah. you're doing at um, at Yipsa. We need that internal growth, and currently the the, the youth, I think, are the people to do that. Mm. A wise man once said, "When two elephants fight, it is, it's the grass that suffers." So eventually, uh, we were suffering, but not as severe because the elephants were moving around everywhere. They were Indeed. fighting and they were not fighting in one particular in one class. Mm. So they affected the Asian markets, the Latin America. So it, it affected everyone. And that gave us time to grow our little class. So as Africa, we need African solutions to African problems. True. Very true. It's the only way for one. It's the only way we are going to heal Africa. It's the only way we are going to take Africa forward. But the issue is that we have people who are at the front or in the front line who have, or who are friends with Americans, who are friends with uh, Europeans, who are friends with Chinese. So they are Africans by birth, but they are, they are heart desires to be Americans. Others, right, they are yeah. hearts desire to be Europeans. So we have those issues. In, 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 in simple terms, we call them or we label them sellouts because their hearts want to be in, in America, their hearts want to be in Europe, but they are in Africa. That's why um, President Putin said Africa is just a grave. People are only buried here. Others have Swiss accounts. They go right, to Italy yeah. for shopping. We take vacations to the Bahamas. We are just a grave. People come here to die and rest in peace. <laughs> and nothing grows. Right. Of course, of course. Oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. And now, 
focusing on uh, on uh, entrepreneurship what would you uh, like to say perhaps some tips for entrepreneurs on the continent somebody says hey i want to start my own business but maybe i have no idea where to start or i want to start my own business but what are the things that i should look out for you know if you have perhaps some tips for african entrepreneurs the fact that you already identified that you want to start a business it's it's commendable because you have, you have identified that now i need to be an independent person that's now let's work on that i always tell people that once you lit a fire which is you ignites entrepreneurship within you work extremely hard to ensure that that fire keeps burning if it needs you to attend entrepreneurship courses do that if it needs you to go out and test the protein markets do that do whatever it takes to ensure that the spirit of entrepreneurship or the fire of entrepreneurship within you keeps burning because once it stops you die so the tips i i i, I could normally give young people is that take risks have courage have courage to even go alone if, for instance if your family says no we're not supporting you it's fine you still remain your family and say okay guys don't even bother coming to me when this thing is happening because we, we were the ones that you are, you are, you are, you are dissuading yourself from right yeah. also, think resourcefully people uh, it's not as i i believe not everyone have the, has the skills of skill of thinking on their feet but i i i i, I tend to encourage people to, to try and, and get it be able to think on your feet for instance when you see that for instance, uh, the uh, in your local or in your community there's there's been no electricity for the last two days and you have a generator so people can come and charge their phones in your homes touch their laptops using a generator you are going to make money uh, buy another generator so when it happens again you, you are able to get that small amount of money so in yeah. in business about identifying the problem providing the solution that's how you make money no, it's easier than that's beautiful that's beautiful now if we are to look perhaps let's say um uh, in the next 5 or 10 years what opportunities are you seeing from your side that you think african entrepreneurs should take advantage of there there are extremely lots of opportunities but it will depend on governments for instance if government imposes more tax incentives or tax tariffs on imports it makes us get that strong advantage to start reviving the the, the manufacturing industry mm-hmm. reviving the current i once challenged the aqua deal that former president Beke signed. I didn't even know, I, I only knew about it in 2014 that we are importing chickens from Brazil. <laughs> Don't you have the capacity to breed our own chicken? Why import chicken from Brazil when we do have chicken farms in South Africa? Right. So those types of deals, we need to, 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 to look at them and say, no, hey, there, there, there is no need for this type of deal. Why do we need to import chicken? Why do we need to import beef? We need to import things that we don't have. Indeed. But then yeah, we have bilateral agreements that we can uh, <laughs> run away from. So I think uh, we need to go uh, back to those bilateral agreements and say, okay, guys, but okay, China, you want to supply us with fabric. Yes, but we do have an existing market in manufacturing for, for fabric. Mm. Instead of supporting majority of the share of fabric, at least supply 30 to, to 20 to 30%, then the rest will be sourced locally. Mm-hmm. That provides that security to, to, to local entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's just that yeah, it won't be easy because 
the, the government officials get gifts. <laughs> True. The <laughs> kid, a, a BMW seven series, and said, "No, it's fine. Don't don't mind this clause." Yeah. And those clause come back and hit us because True. if we import, I didn't even understand why import chickens. And uh, I don't know if you if you had just recently. Um, uh, America was actually approved to export chickens that are known to be diseased. So, yes, I, I saw, you, <laughs> when I went to America, I I I, I was told or I came to know that they don't eat every part of the chicken; they just want the breast because they want to ch- to make chicken other king. Right. So all the other parts of the chicken, they just uh, import. Send them export, to Africa. Export. <laughs> well, did we say, did, did they did they hear us saying we are short of chicken chicken wings? Or chicken thighs? No. Even if better chicken than they do. <laughs> we have the issue of bilateral agreements that are not in favor of ours, of our countries. Mm. And for instance, in Deben, there's an, oh, a park filled with over 3,000 containers. They are not going back because they're empty. They're only, they came here full and they're going to remain here because you can't ship a, an, an empty container back. container back. Yeah. So we have an issue of importing more than exporting then how are we going to survive? Because our survival depends on that we export more and import less. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Even the growth of the continent depends on that as well. Yeah. I'm happy that they are trying to test that Africa free trade agreement, but it won't happen because we don't have the right infrastructure. (laughs) The roads are not not well, the ports are not well, and we need the services of Chinese engineering companies because they can build roads in two days, whereas uh-huh. a local engineering company or a local construction company can build the road in 17 years. <laughs> and the road in two months' time after the launch, we have to pick, we'll have we'll start problems. Oh boy, oh boy. This is an issue that we also need to address. True, true. You know, sometimes I actually think we have brought ourselves to this point because um, I remember, um, I won't mention names, but I remember when I was in Cape Town, you would see. Uh, uh, RDP houses being built, right? You're like, okay, this is a great thing. Community is developing and people will soon have housing, right? And then the guy that is doing that, he just works on the project up until window level. He gets paid by the provincial government and the guy disappears. And now they have to find another contractor to try and finish that. (laughs) Why do you even wait for government to build you a house? True, true, very true, yeah. In Africa, (laughs) a man is seen as a lion. A lion goes out and hunts for the Indeed. children and comes back Indeed, and shares yeah. what he handed with children. And the men, a man's primary responsibility is to provide shelter. I've even seen men in the street. You want houses. We want houses. <laughs> I, we are unemployed. We want houses. It's uh, shocking. Uh, true. The structure of Africa makes a man the head. Indeed. And the, mm. the role of a head is to think, is to try and conceptualize strategies, mm. then inform the body to implement. Mm. The, the primary role of a wife is to organize everything that a man has brought into the house. Indeed. That's why it, it's not a responsibility of a man to, to go and buy groceries. It's a responsibility of a man to give the wife money, go and buy groceries, because you, you, you won't know what to buy, because you don't True. know how to mix those two things. Indeed. But then we have an issue. 
government has made us very, very dependent. <laughs> I want your house. Government must give me a house. <laughs> it is really okay. a crisis, yeah. Government has built you a house. Let's say a globe doesn't work or there's an issue with lighting. My house is not, doesn't have light. Government must come and fix the light in my house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we've really we've really gotten to a, a a very sad point indeed you know as as a continent you know this happens in most countries on the continent and you look at it and you think uh, i think it was uh, professor lumumba that was saying who has bewitched us <laughs> i'm very much sure that one has died already he or she no longer you know so anyways, and one thing that he said, Professor Lumumba, he says, we elect hyenas to take care of goats. And when the goats start missing, we wonder why. <laughs> true, true, very true. And that also tells us, yeah, that also tells us the, the, you know, the amount of work that we still have to do on the continent. And I believe it's up to, to the youth because um, as you said, the 60s must go, you know, they, they had their time and the world was not better for it after their time. So it's high time they just moved out of the way and let us. It's even shocking to have someone who has served in the Mandela cabinet, served in the big cabinet, Zuma cabinet, <laughs> and still wants to serve in the Ramaphosa cabinet. Why are you so greedy? And then, are there are there, are there no other people who are capable of running that department except yourself? <laughs> right, that's there's a crisis. Indeed, that's a, there's a, there's a huge crisis indeed. And um, you know, just in closing, just in closing, we're kind of running out of time. Um, is there perhaps maybe a word of encouragement that you'd like to give to entrepreneurs on the continent? Because the situation is really dire at the moment, and looking at it. We, would, we could all do with some words of encouragement, perhaps if you have something that you would like to say. Um, I think this now needs me to be a bit serious. I, 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 I'm in a construction site, so okay. a lot is happening. Right. So I think the, this needs now me to be able uh, uh, to uh, deliver the presidential address. Indeed. <laughs> so my, my, my message to my peers uh, in South Africa and the African continent, it's very simple. We should start asking the right questions. And we have only one, one theme that cuts across. It's just a simple sentence. Nothing for us without us. We can't be seeing ourselves sitting in the background whilst people who are over the age of 60 are saying, we need to develop youth. We need to ensure that youth gets, they, they, they don't know what we are going through. They don't go through what we are going through because their phase of being youth was in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And that environment is not the same as we are in. So I have only three words that I'd like the young people to, 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 to look at, investigate, and try to bring them closer to them. Courage, resourcefulness, and risk-taking. Risk we need to ensure that these three words are familiar to us. We need to have the courage to go, what, for, go after what we want. We need to, to have the, 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 the mind that is resourceful enough to say, okay, we are here. We want to go here. What do we need to proceed to the next step? We need to take risks. You see, I've taken a risk by discussing very controversial issues live on a recorded session. If this 
gets out or people see it, others won't like it and they'll begin to hate me. And I don't mind people hating me for the truth because we have a crisis of Africa that is, um, is it's, it's a very, very sad way to say, an Africa that is an abused girlfriend of other nations. We are, we are in a very, 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 very bad relationship. In fact, uh, in South Africa, we label it as a gender-based violence. We are being gender-based violence by other countries and we are sitting idly because they give us food. It's, it's a similar case to a home whereby a father rapes his kid and the, the mother and the other children say, we, we, we must not report the police because we go hungry. No, we, we would rather go hungry than stay with a beast who's preying on kids. So we'd rather go live in an island whereby we, we receive no imports from, or from other countries because we are saying, put South Africans first. South African first doesn't say we are xenophobic, we are, we are against imports or, ex, uh, or goods from other countries. We, we, we live in an era of globalization, but we can't import a chicken whereby we have bread from one who produces chicken. We can't import shoes whereby we have young people who are able to, 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 to make shoes. We, we need to understand that for an economy to grow, it needs manufacturing and manufacturing can happen from outside it happens inside the country we have to ensure that our industrial base are happening government has a lot of special economic zones but they are they 70 percent of those businesses are not from south africa True. government has closed industries because industries are finding it hard to, to operate for instance i, I recently tried to, to purchase a, a steel fabrication company and i approached government for funding and they said the steel industry is volatile and i asked the question why is it volatile? It's because you yourself rather take, take steel manufacturers or international steel manufacturers like Abu Asselo Mittal, who are not South African. Why don't you develop your own steel fabrication companies? Now government is talking about the infrastructure plan. They are going to be building uh, tall skyscrapers. Let's see if that happens. They are going to be building hospitals, houses and whatever. Who is going to provide that steel? Who's going to provide that, uh, uh, that concrete? It should, it should be companies that are not South African. So government needs to focus on more, more on ensuring that the local content of the economy is taken care of. But then leaving the government aside, young people need to start taking themselves seriously. They need to start identifying the right priorities because we have an issue of not prioritizing. Our, priority, our priorities lie on our TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and whatever. That's where, that's where we tend to, to, to put our focus on. And when you engage with them, it's very hard to, have, to, to, to be in a debate with a young person for, for, five, for five to 10 minutes because the, 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 those minutes, it's either it's, it's going to say you think you are better because you are, you are, you are first bringing content that you know, we are bringing in views, we are bringing in unfiltered opinions. He is not well versed because the education system has told him no, you don't debate, you just say yes, boss, <laughs> yes, madam. No, that mm. is to end. We need to start saying, we need to start challenging the status quo. And the status quo says our education system breeds job seekers. Mm. Challenge that and ensure that the education system breeds resourceful entrepreneurs who in turn employ others who are who do not like to become entrepreneurs. We can't all become entrepreneurs. True, true. 
Wow, that's that's so profound and very deep, the message you're giving to us there. Thank you so much for that. And where can people get hold of you? Or if they want to interact with your businesses, where can they get hold of you? Uh, I'm available on social media platforms. It's Bright from Wanya. Ismangalisa also is, is also available on all social media platforms. They should uh, link up on LinkedIn. I'm also there. It's Bright and Gazimu from Wanya. I'm always open to discussing issues that are faced by young people. I'm always open to share ideas. I'm always open to interact with other young people at any time, at any place. That's that's great. That's beautiful. We'll add that information in the in the show notes as well for anybody that wants to interact with you. Right. It's really been an amazing session. It's really been an insightful and inspiring, actually, um, session with you talking about all the issues that are going on in the country and also on the continent. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming today. Thank you very much for the invitation and thank you for for a very controversial and very insightful show. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.